Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to pick up on uh, this theme that I was talking about in Romans chapter 12 today, but let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your word. We come before you today. We come before your word. We know that your word is alive, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, we know that this word will cut away that that's unnecessary. Jesus told his disciples, now are you clean, now are you pruned. By the word of God. This word cuts away what is unprofitable. And sharpens us. To go higher. To experience more of Christ. Alive in us. And we thank you for that today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Orchestrating this service. Everything about it planning it, anointing us today, filling us today, manifesting himself among us today. Sikaya, Ansinoya, Oshebela, Aharata, Kro, Rahara, Esra, Yashi, Simon, Onuku, Balagayatai. Give heed to that which the Spirit says. Give heed to those things that he impresses upon your heart even those gentle and subtle leadings and intuitions. Give heed to those things, for those are the leadings of my spirit. And this is the way I will guide you into all the truth that that you've seen and know, you will see and know more of. That that you've understood, you will understand more and see more clearly. Give heed to every prompting and be quick to hear and quick to obey and you'll walk in a brand new way. Glory to God. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit. We thank you, Lord, for calling us together and for a purpose to accomplish your will in our lives, Father. And we thank you for that. We approach your word with utmost reverence and esteem. Not as the words of mere men, but as it is in truth, your living, eternal word. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. While we're praying, Father, we're mindful to do as we're instructed to pray for those who are in authority. And we lift up all who are in authority from our president in Washington, D.C., all the different branches of government, to our state governor and all of the branches of government in in Florida, all of the people who serve, men and women who serve in places of authority, our local governments, our counties, towns, cities, so forth. Father, that we would have good government, responsible government, Father, that would not impede or hinder the work of the church in any measure. But all decisions that come from government, all actions, Father, 
would, would serve to enhance the work of the church. Not doing the work of the church, but making it easier for the gospel to be preached, for the church to flourish. We thank you for that, Father. Glory to God. Once again, we come against all of the hatred and division in our nation. Glory to God. We've taken authority over that in the name of Jesus, this anarchy spirit. We've taken authority over that. We take our stand against lawlessness in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. Glory to God. Amen. Have you found Romans chapter 12? You'll remember on Thursday when I came to you in our video session, I read from these two passages of Scripture, and we focused on verse number 2, and we talked about three words in this verse. We won't go into all the detail, but we looked at the three words. We looked at, first of all, the word world, then we looked at the word conform, or conformed, and then we looked at the word transformed. We noted that the word that, in, and I pointed out that in the original trans, uh, Greek language in the New Testament, which it was written, there are other words that are translated world, several different words that are translated by the English word world. Two in particular, one is the Greek word cosmos. And the word cosmos refers to the world in the sense of all people who are living in the world and the organized nature of man and mankind on this planet. That's the word cosmos. The other Greek word, and the Greek word that's used here for world, is the world is the word aeon. And according to glory to God. Here it is. According to what Greek scholars tell us, is that aeon is all that, I like the way this was written, all that floating mass of thoughts, opinions, maxims, speculations, hopes, impulses, aims, aspirations at any time current in this world. Well, this world has a lot of all of those. Amen. And another Greek scholar went on to say, all this is included in this term. And he says that it expresses the subtle informing spirit of the cosmos or the world. We have the world, not the planet, but the world of men. But then the this word, Aeon, it's usually translated age in more modern translations. I don't know why it didn't here in the King James, New King James, but usually they make that correction. But he says it's that subtle informing spirit of the world and of men who are living in this world alienated and apart from God. He said the Germans have a, a word for it. I've always liked this word. It's the zeitgeist. And it means the spirit of this age. He said, do not be conformed to the spirit of this age. There is, it's not talking about an actual spirit being, you understand. It's talking about the attitudes and ideas and philosophies 
Paul referenced it uh, in a couple of places as the beggarly elements in this world. Then he, but before he, he mentioned the word world, he said, do not be conformed to it. Do not be conformed to this world. The word conformed, the word conformed here refers, according to Greek scholars, refers to the act of an individual, individual assuming an outward expression that does not come from within him, nor is it representative of his inner heart. I want to say that again. Conformed refers to the act of an individual assuming an outward expression that does not come from within him, nor is it representative of his inner heart life. Paul said, don't do it. He said, don't do that. Don't. He's, he, actually, the way the Greek, the tenses in, in the way the Greek is written, he, he said, don't keep doing this. Evidently, the church there that he was writing to was guilty of doing this. And he said, stop doing this. Do no longer, no longer assume an outward expression that does not come from within you and is not representative of your inner heart. Instead, be transformed. I mentioned that the word transformed is the, I didn't try to mention the name, the, the word, the Greek word for conformed because I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. But the, the Greek word for transformed is metaphor. Metaphoro, meta, metaphoro. That's not right. How do you say that? Metam, metamorphosis, metamorph, metamorpho-o. That's metamorpho-o. That's the way you say it. I have it written out here. It's just weird. Meta, metamorpho-o. We get the word metamorphosis from it. Now that we straighten that out, <laughs> and it speaks. To the act of a person changing his outward expression from that which he has to a different one, an expression which comes from within and is a representative of his inward man. We're all familiar with the process of metamorphosis, how a caterpillar morphs from an ugly caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. And I did just a little bit of reading on this last night and I found out that when that happens, the caterpillar, it's at, a, at a certain stage in his life, he will climb up on the on a side of a tree or under a tree or under a limb or a leaf and he will suspend himself and he will uh, encase himself in this cocoon and he will begin to devour himself, begin to eat himself. And devour himself. But before that happens, when this caterpillar, when, when he's still developing in the egg, all of the parts of that butterfly are in that egg. And they're called uh, imaginal discs. And they're inside that egg and they're inside that caterpillar. And when this caterpillar begins to devour himself, the enzymes eat up everything but these, but these uh, imaginal discs. And so what you have left is these, is these body parts in this form inside this gooey, slimy, protein-rich environment 
And they begin to grow and come together. You see, on the inside of that ugly caterpillar was a butterfly all along. And the process of metamorphosis was, was shedding the outward man so that the inward man could come out. And that's what Paul was telling us to do. He said, the, the, the Reese translations here of this entire verse says, stop assuming an outward expression that does not come from within you and is not representative of what you are in your inner man, but is patterned after this age, the spirit of this age. But change your outward expression to one that comes from within and is representative of your inner being by the renewing of your mind. See, only the word of God can do this for you. The only way this transformation will ever take place, it won't take place by trying to to live under uh, rules and regulations and trying to discipline yourself. None, None of those things will do it. What will do it is getting into the word and discovering who you are and then like the fuller translation here where it says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God. The, the original Greek says that you may identify and then put your approval upon the good and perfect, the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. See, only until you identify it will you put your approval on it. Only until you see it will you act on it. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Now, that was on Thursday. On Friday afternoon, my, my lovely wife gave me a newsletter that she had received in the, in the mail from an evangelist. You probably were planning on preaching on this, but I got to it first. Don't, you should know better than this. She just wanted to share it with me, and I'm going to share it with you. Ah, uh, the privilege of position. <laughs> this was from an evangelist that, that we personally know. And he sent out this newsletter about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we've been singing about that, super victorious through his blood. And he talks in here about, he, give, he tells a story about his grand, two grandsons. When the, when the youngest of these two boys was three years old, he was diagnosed with stage four leukemia and was fighting for his life. And he went through extensive treatment, chemotherapy, radiation of some sort, and he went into remission. And this, this process lasted about two years. And right toward the end of that two-year period, he was just about five years old, he wasn't quite finished with the treatment, the cancer resurfaced, came out of remission. And the doctor, of course, the family was, was heartbroken, you know, and crestfallen and all of the things you could imagine. So the doctor said that uh, only a bone marrow transplant would save this little boy's life. And so they met with the doctors, the whole family, and this evangelist, you know, he was there, and he and his wife, and of course their kids. And, and uh, when the doctor was through telling about the process and what it would involve, uh, she asked if they had any questions. And this evangelist friend of mine spoke up and said, why 
uh, after being told leukemia was in remission, did it come back? Why did it come back? And the doctor explained to them that there are two kinds of remission. The first kind is what this little five-year-old boy experienced. And it was remission where the cancer was not eliminated. The cancer wasn't destroyed. It was just no longer active. It was switched off. I learned about that years ago whenever uh, I was going through radiation therapy. And they said that, that very often it doesn't destroy cancer. It just switches it off and it doesn't, it's no longer active. It doesn't multiply, it doesn't do anything. But it's there. And uh, they said, you know, sometimes you can go 10 or even 15 years and it'll switch back on. So it's not eliminated. That's the kind of remission this little boy was in. But this doctor went on to explain. She said, what we're going to do with this blood marrow, uh, bone, excuse me, bone marrow transplant is we're going to go after molecular remission, total remission. In molecular remission, we're going to aim to completely destroy and kill his bone marrow and replace it with stem cells from a donor so that his bone marrow will be no more. The cancer will be completely obliterated on a molecular level. And that's what, they're, that's what they were attempting to do with the, with the uh, bone marrow transplant. And so that's what the blood of Jesus does in our spirits. This evangelist said that he and his wife you know, with, their, with the kids, you know, the parents of the children of the little boy. They, oh, by the way, they, they, took a, the don, they found a donor in his older son. His, his son, I mean his older brother. His brother was 12 years old, and he became the donor. And so it took several days. I think he said three days of, of taking blood and extracting stem cells from, from this 12-year-old's blood. And this evangelist said, said he and his wife stood outside this this hospital room, and they watched as they hung the bag with the IV, you know, with the stem cells. And he said he couldn't help but think of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and how he poured his blood into us. You see, when the blood of Jesus was applied to our life, it didn't just offer what the Old Testament offered. The Old Testament offered forgiveness, but, it, but the sin was still there. And the nature of sin was still there. But oh, glory to God when the blood of Jesus was applied. Hallelujah. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, it says the law. It's talking about the sacrifices. The law. Go ahead and turn there if you would. We're going to read more in this 10th chapter so it'll help you. The law. Let me get over there. For the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have 
cease to be offered. For the worshipers once, once purified would have, no, would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats could take away sins. You see, that previous treatment on that little boy could never really eliminate the cause. Sometimes it works for a while. Often it does. But it didn't work for this little boy because what was there came back to haunt him again. And the, the, the sacrifices of the Old Testament that had to be offered over and over and over again could never cleanse a person from sin because it, did, it, it never dealt with the nature of sin in his heart, never changed him. In fact, it says for the worshipers, if it had, the worshipers once purified would have had, had no more consciousness of sin. Go over to the... Uh, to the ninth chapter and look at verse 14. Hebrews 9, 14. Verse 14 says, how much more? Oh, I love those words. It would profit you to go through the Bible, through the New Testament, and underline and study the context of every time it says, how much more? How much more? Because it's always way more. (laughs) It's more than you can imagine more. Amen? Amen. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now the word conscience in 9.14 and the word consciousness in in, uh, 10.2 come from the same Greek word. And according to the most respected Greek-English lexicon in existence today, the most highest authority. This this lexicon says that this word that's translated conscience and consciousness means the attentiveness to obligation. The The attentiveness to obligation. How much more? How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your attention to obligation, your sense of obligation, your sense of still being under the curse, still being under disapproval. Cleanse you from dead works to serve the living God. Hallelujah. For the worshipers, If the Old Testament would have worked, the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness or attentiveness to to obligation of sins. But it couldn't happen because the blood of bulls and goats just couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. But oh, thank God the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go go to uh, verse 17 and 18. This is in, in Hebrews 10. Let me read this from the Amplified Bible. This is Hebrews 10, 17, and 18 from the Amplified Bible. Then he goes on to say, 
and their sins and their law breaking I will remember no more. Now the Amplified says, now where there is absolute remission, forgiveness and cancellation of the penalty of these sins and law breaking, there is no longer any offering made to atone for sin. Where there is absolute remission. See, we weren't just forgiven when we came to Christ. That would be wonderful. And it is wonderful that we were forgiven, but it was more than forgiveness. Our sins were were totally and absolutely done away with. We We have received absolute remission in the spirit realm. Of course, in our, our spirits don't, do not have, you know, cells and so forth or molecules. But if you, could, but if you can compare it to, to that, in the spirit realm, we've, we've received mer, uh, 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 molecular, molecular remission. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Now, what does that mean? How, how does that affect us? Well, go to Colossians chapter 1. I'm glad you asked. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1, hallelujah. And let's look at verse number 21. Well, let's start in verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in Him, that is in Christ, all the fullness should dwell. And by Him, by Christ to reconcile all things to himself by Christ, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Oh, that is so liberating. It is so liberating to know that Jesus made peace between the transgressor and God. Hallelujah. He made peace. By the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. In the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I, I, I'll, I've never gotten over it. I've never gotten over it. When, when I first received revelation, and, and I've received further revelation over the years, but it, it, it changed my life forever when I realized that everything I was that was contrary to God's will was canceled. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is more than just a passage of Scripture to me. It's something that animates my entire existence. If any man is in union with Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, the old DNA, the old uh, uh, bone marrow, the old is gone. Glory to God. It's passed away. 
obliterated. Now it can't come back. Everything has become new. Oh, I'm telling you what, if you ever let that get down on the inside of you, it will change you. It'll absolutely take you. That one revelation will take you out of defeat and into victory. In fact, it'll make such an impression upon you and such a difference in your life. You won't tolerate defeat again. You won't tolerate it. You won't allow it in your life. Never, never, never. And I'm not saying that I've been perfect since then. And I'm, and I'm not saying that I've never had a battle. And I'm not saying that I've never, I've never uh, missed the highest of this. But since that day, since that time, I've never accepted defeat in my life. I've been defeated. I've experienced defeat because of a lack of faith. But I've never one time, not one moment in all these years have I adopted a, a, an attitude, a carefree attitude. Well, you know, you win some, you lose some. No. I might have lost some, but I go back to them until I win. Praise God. Glory to God. I just get, I don't care how many times I have to go back. I'm going to keep going back because I know, I know I have won. It's just a matter of getting in line. Glory to God with my faith. I know Jesus won every battle for me. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It is a fact. (laughs) Holy, without blemish, unchargeable is the way the Weist translation says. Holy, without blemish, this is Colossians 1, 21, and unchargeable before his searching and penetrating gaze. Can stand right up in the full light of everything God has and his full penetrating gaze that leaves nothing to the imagination and stand before him holy, blameless, and unreprovable. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's why the apostle said, stop masquerading. What do you do when you masquerade? You, You put on a costume to hide who you are and to look like somebody else. He said, stop masquerading like a person from this world. Like an unchanged person. Like the people around you. Stop trying to mirror them. Hey man, I need this because I'm going to read more. <laughs> Stop masquerading. Putting a, assuming an outward expression that is informed by this world. Don't let anybody put you in their box. And assign to you a certain way to look and a certain way to live and a certain way to think and a certain way to talk and a certain way to act. If it doesn't come from here, don't do it. If it doesn't come from, if it doesn't come from here, and I'm not talking about here as you imagine it, I'm talking about here as defined in here. Here, here. 
what's happened on the inside. Instead, morph. (laughs) You might have to go through some enzyme destruction. (laughs) You might might have to go through and, and, and lay some things aside. Amen. Reach down deep and say, no, wait a minute. That, 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 that's not according to the word. That's not according to the new man I am. Getting, I'm getting that out, putting that out, getting it out of the way. Look into this word. Feed on it deeply. Get it down into your spirit until you see who you are in Christ. And then assume that outward appearance. Let that be the way everyone sees you. Oh, glory to God. Ephesians 4.24 says, and that you put on the new man. You need to turn there. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. 24. Put on the new man. Well, that would be assuming an outward appearance. Put it on. What do, you, what, what do you put on? You put on your clothes. Isn't that right? You put that on the outward man, right? Put on. Well, let's go back to, to verse 22. Put off. Verse 21 says, If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former contact, conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, mind renewal, and that you put on the new man. Now notice, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. If any man is in Christ, he is a brand new creation. Here it says this new man was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This evangelist went on to explain something else that I didn't know about this process. He said that the doctor, when this doctor was... Now, this this little boy went through uh, several weeks of... I don't know how long, it doesn't say. It just says he underwent very strong chemotherapy and several days of intense radiation to completely destroy his diseased bone marrow. Well, you couldn't do that and not transplant something in its place. And uh, so very strong chemotherapy and several days of intense radiation to destroy his bone marrow. And the doctor said to this little boy, he said, I want you to know we're getting ready to, get, to say goodbye to you. You'll never be the same person after this. Because what they found out was it took uh, a few weeks. He was in complete isolation. And they were waiting for this, this, this you know, his brother, his 12-year-old brother had donated these, these stem cells, these blood stem cells, and they were, they were waiting for the, the transplant to graft so that his body would take it, 
would graft and it would begin to multiply. And after a period of time, the doctor came in one day with a big smile and said, it's working. The new stem cells are multiplying. The graft has taken hold. They found out when, they, when it was all over, when they tested the five-year-old boy, he had the same DNA as his 12-year-old brother. In fact, later in life, if his brother commits a crime, the younger brother could be... Yeah, he could be convicted of the, of the crime. They have the same DNA. Are you getting it? We, we have a donor. <laughs> we had a donor. We have a donor. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the, in the natural realm, if doctors can do this in the natural realm and replace the DNA with somebody else's DNA. Our God in the spirit realm, when you were born again, he put his divine nature in us. Woo, glory. Hallelujah. We have gone way past religion here. (laughs) Woo, my goodness. A brand new person with the very life, the very nature, the very spiritual DNA, if you want to say it that way, of God. Ooh, hallelujah. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. We need to, you need to think about who your donor is. And all that's included in that blood. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's just no place. There's just no place for failure. Like I said, I, I've not always overcome, but I tell you what, I've never accepted failure. <laughs> I was reading from a post that Shekinah Glory put up, I guess, over the weekend and and. uh I don't remember the song lyrics now, but something about when the devil says it's over, say, I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> because when, they, when the devil says it over, it's over, it's not over. It's not over yet, praise God. Amen. Glory to God, because you just keep coming back to that place. It, it, the, where this takes place in your life is the intersection. The intersection of the blood of Jesus and your faith. Right at that intersection. The intersection of the blood and your faith, that's where the miracle takes place. In every place, in in every situation in life, every challenge in life, anything you come up against, it's where the blood and your faith intersect. That's where the power of God is released. Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. 
If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.